You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Thordis Kolbron Reykjavik Gilvadottir, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Iceland. Political Periscope. This is the day of independence of uh, Iceland, but also the day of opening of a new embassy here in Poland. Yes, 1st of December is, uh, is a very important day for, for Icelanders. It's the day when we got our sovereignty in 1918. Um, so it's a symbolic, symbolic day. And, and for me, um, you know, the date is not a coincidence. I, I thought it was symbolically strong to choose that date to open an embassy uh, in Warsaw, both in regards to, you know, it's a, it's a political step and a symbolic step to have an embassy in Warsaw. It was timely, of course, but we, you know, we, we decided to speed things up, uh, especially after February 24th. And then, of course, because we have such a huge uh, population of, of Polish people in Iceland, uh, so we thought it was a symbolic step to take. Because this embassy will also have under its jurisdiction uh, other countries like... We ha also, we, under the uh, embassy here, we will also have Ukraine, which is extremely important. And we will probably have to, and hopefully, uh, use you know, the, the, the force and the force for good um, in, in that regard. And then also Bulgaria and Romania. Speaking of Ukraine... Uh, this date of opening of the embassy coincides uh, well with uh, the Minister Council, Ministerial Council of uh, OSCE in Łódź. You've been there today. I heard your speech. Um, some commentary after the, the meeting. Yes, it was. Uh, uh, I had my speech uh, today, um, and I, I I told my opinion very clearly in that speech, uh, both in regards to Ukraine and also in regards to you know the multilateral system and the values that we cherish and the values that we share, uh, and those are you know worth fighting for. Uh, they're extremely important to be reminded of because we can't take them for granted. That is something that we have we have seen. Um, so the meeting was good, but it continues today and tomorrow as well. Um, and it's, it's, an, it's an important meeting, but we also know that the OECD has been, you know, held uh, almost hostages because of uh, Russia's uh, action there. So we need to step up and, um, you know, f fight for the institutions that share the values that we, that we share. So it was, it, it's important. During the parliamentary assembly of uh, OSCE, I heard some voices that uh, maybe Russia should be expelled from the organization. Yes, well, I mean, Iceland is now, uh, we, are, we have the presidency of the Council of Europe, and there uh, Russia has been expelled. Um, in the OSCE, they are, you know, they are still there, and it's a very complicated question, and I know that there are different opinions Uh, but my personal opinion is that it's also important to, you know, keep help them accountable and, and make them listen. When they sit at the table, uh, we can talk to them and we can, I mean, I, I, I talk directly to Russia in my speech. Uh, and so I think we have to at least be careful and take careful steps um, with regards to, to those issues because it's also important for us to be able to 
speak up and speak out loud to the Russian Federation in, in some bodies of the multilateral system. Iceland is a relatively small country. Mm. What can be your help? What is your help for Ukraine in this situation? This is a very good question because Iceland is, like you say, a, a tiny population of 370,000 people. Um, it's a country with no army. It's a country with no real weapons. So there are limits of what we can do. But we have assisted in uh, with humanitarian as, uh, assistance through the UN, through the Red Cross. We have with budgetary uh, support as well through the World Bank. Uh, in the early days of the war, we also assisted, you know, friends and allies that wanted to send weapons to Ukraine. Um, we don't have any weapons to send, but we had cargo flights and they had problems sending it because they didn't have the flights. So we offered uh, and paid for assisted with the cargo flights. So it was a logistic support that was important. And that was something that, you know, we haven't done before in Iceland. So we have now for the first time had all kinds of uh, military-related support. So we try to find every opportunity to assist. We have sent containers of warm clothing, Icelandic warm clothing, uh, you know, scarpa shoes and, and things that are, you know, of, fun of fundamental importance for the soldiers, for example, for them to be able to use their weapons, you know, they, they, can't, they can't freeze. So uh, we have tried to use every opportunity that we, that we find. Also, when it comes to demining, we are leading a project with regards to demining with, with friends and allies, training in Lithuania uh, and so forth. So you have to be innovative. Uh, but then, again, it's also very important to, to stress that our responsibility is also when it comes to speaking up. Um, we have, I mean, I, I have talked about values since I entered uh, the ministry. And for us, I would say that we have a richer and a stronger responsibility to talk about these values, say out loud what, uh, what needs to be said. Uh, and you can see from Ukraine and from the words of Zelensky himself how much they, how much they mean and how much power they can give uh, words. And you also see that ultimately this war is about values. These are the values that, that Putin is, is, is so afraid of and doesn't want his you know, neighbors to choose that path. So that's our role um, as, as well. So we ha definitely have you know, a role to play. Everyone has uh, a role to play. And we also understand that Iceland, because of what you said, it's a tiny nation in the north with no army. I mean, we, we, we don't stand a chance in Putin's world. So you know, their fight truly is our fight as well. How and when will the war end? How do you think? Well, if I knew, um, what I, the only thing I know is that Ukraine must win. And the thing I know is that Ukraine must win on its own terms. Uh, there, there is no, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything, for, really, to talk about peace without justice, to talk about peace negotiations uh, if, 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 if we can't agree on the fact that, you know, Ukraine is a sovereign, independent country that, that has its borders and that they can't be changed. Um, Zelensky has spoken very clearly and uh, we owe, them, owe it to them to stand with them for as long as it's uh, needed. So I don't know how and I don't know when, but the thing I do know is that Ukraine must win and we need to assist them to be able to do so with weaponary uh, support, with financial support, with humanitarian support, with all kinds of support that Ukraine needs. Let's get back to Poland. What's the current uh, state of relations between Iceland and Poland? 
we have uh, a very good, strong and deep relationship, Iceland and Poland. Um, of course, because we have, you know, over 20,000 people living in Iceland. Uh, we have Icelandic, you know, companies here uh, with, with outstanding uh, staff, Polish staff, engineering and, and, and technology and others. Um, we have strong cultural ties. And what happens, of course, when you have uh, such strong people-to-people relations is that, you know, you have a very many low-hanging fruit that we can now grab and run with when we have embassies in, in both countries. On the political side as well, uh, I mean, Poland has, has truly stepped up in, in after February 24th um, with huge assistance and they have, you know, somehow... Uh, Remerge their their position in in political uh, arena, and and you know Pol- we are strong allies in in NATO. Um, so now our job is to you know deepen the relationship even even more, and use our strong relationship for the force of good, both for Ukraine and 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 others. From Polish perspective, Iceland is kind of exotic country, I would say, and very well known for its natural beauty for uh, mythology fairy tales and sometimes uh, i think there are many myths around iceland like there is this famous story i don't know if it's true that uh, you have uh, bananas growing in iceland in some places because of geothermal um, energy but i have maybe more serious question financial crisis 2008 and the banks you're the probably only country in the world that let their banks go bankrupt it's unique some people say it's a very good example some people say it's not and how is it from Icelandic perspective well I mean it was a tremendous shock at the time and you know we we didn't have any other choice because the the, the, you know the banking system just uh, outgrew Iceland Uh, so that was a necessary step it was painful Um, then we had you know close cooperation with the IMF so our story after the financial crisis has been extremely strong Uh, you know we were we were quick back on our feet but we also got assistance we for example got assistance from Poland it was one of the I mean almost no one out of our friends and allies uh, assisted at the time but Poland did so we learned a lot Um, and and of course everyone learned I mean Europe learned and and we implement regulations and laws from the uh, through the EA agreement so I know that you know the 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 the, um, the rules and regulations are totally different now uh, but it was a very difficult time but we did we did very good so the the economic story of, of Iceland after the financial crisis is extremely uh, is extremely strong and and something to to learn of both good things and bad things I'm sure Exactly, your economy is very strong. You're a very rich country, very expensive country for tourists from Europe. Uh, and what's the receipt of this success? I think it's a lot of things. I mean, we are very dependent on uh, being in a close uh, cooperation with other nations. Um, we, you know, export our our fishing industry, our aluminiums, our our power intensive industry, our tourism. Now, our innovative sector, which we have been investing in, is is getting bigger. And also, we have examples between Iceland and Poland in in collaboration in that field. Um, you know, we we have. Uh, hard workers in Iceland uh, many of them are Polish uh, and you know we, we couldn't run our tourism sector for, just for example we have others as well uh, without without uh, people from, from Poland that have decided to, to come to Iceland and live in Iceland 
Um, and so we have a, like a free market. Um, so there are, I would I would argue that there are many uh, puzzles that create that picture. And like you mentioned, of course, it's expensive to be in Iceland, but we also pay high salaries. So so of course that goes uh, hand in hand. We are rich of uh, you know renewable uh, resources, uh, but we have also been fortunate to manage them quite wisely, both uh, you know the, the fishing industry and the energy sector. So. Um, and also because I would argue, also because we we cherish the, these values, uh, you know, we are a, we are truly a free democratic society which uh, respects human rights. And when you have free free minds, you have you know there are better chance of, of peop- people that will are that can find solutions to the challenges that we face. If you're not free, you, it's very difficult to be creative. So we are also a very creative society, which which is very important for every society and and, and Iceland also. Let me end with. Um I would say fairy tale question. question. Uh, is it true that in Iceland there are laws protecting fairies, like mythical fairies living somewhere? Well, I would argue maybe unwritten laws. Um, you know, if you if you have to make a decision whether you're going to interrupt fairies, uh, and you can, you know, not. Um, I think we still have quite a, a number of people that decide not to, just in case. Um, but written laws, maybe not, but, but we try to respect uh, <laughs> the fairies as others. <laughs> uh, some, word, uh, some words for Polish listeners? Um, maybe just, you know, to both that I'm really proud of the fact that we're opening an embassy. Uh, personally, I'm proud, and I know Iceland is proud. Uh, it's a big day for us as well. Um, we are very thankful for all of the people that uh, live in Iceland, and then also maybe um, thank you for for your assistance uh, for Ukraine. It's extremely important, and no one should take that for granted. So thank you. Thank you very much for this interview. Thank you very much. This was the Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 